If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I played football when I was a kid, like, you know, eight, nine years old, you know, playing in the fields, you know, just hiking the ball and playing tackle on the ground. Okay. And uh, matter of fact, the funny thing is, I, I, the only thing I could do is hike the ball. They wouldn't let me run the ball. I used to only hike it. <laughs> no, I wasn't, no, I wasn't good. Nobody wanted me. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted me. <laughs> no, I ain't trying to trip. Let me be very, very clear. If you and I had been playing, that would have been my rule as well. Let me be very clear. Yes. Yeah, so or I'll, I'll toss it to you. I'll stand there and toss it. <laughs> Hi, this is Eric Dickerson, and I'm part of the Pony Express, also an NFL Hall of Famer. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to another episode of Off the Beat, or as I like to call it, Off the Beat Sports. As I am hoping that you know by now, I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. Now, remember when I said I was going to start bringing on some sports guests to the podcast? Well, today is the day. Now is the time. I'm going to start doing some special Thursday editions of the podcast, and there is nobody on planet Earth to better start us off than the iconic, the legendary Eric Dickerson. Now, as a running back, Eric played for the LA Rams, 
the Indianapolis Colts, among others. He has broken countless records since he entered the NFL back in 1983. And I don't know if you've heard, but Eric is what they call a Hall of Famer. Yes, having joined both the pro and college halls as of 2020. Impressive for his career. It doesn't even begin to cover it. So for today's episode, we're going to dive into Eric's life from his high school career and his alleged controversy involving one Pontiac Trans Am to his favorite moments in the NFL and what he's learned about our crazy world through football. Plus, we're going to talk about his new book as well as one major thing that we have in common. Well, what do you and Eric Dickerson have in common, you might ask? Well, the greatest university on earth, SMU. That's right. So before we get started, I just have one more thing to say. Pony up. Here's Eric Dickerson. Bubble and squeak. I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Good to see you. It's been way too long. Long time. You still playing golf? I'm, I'm still trying. What do you mean? I mean, I'm still trying. Still trying to play. Yeah, I mean, when I can. Well, I want to thank you for being here. I, uh, as you know, gotten to know you some through golf. Mm -hmm. Always been a big fan. We're fellow SMU SMU Mustangs, SMU Mustangs, which we'll we'll discuss in a little bit. But I want to start. Uh, going back even further, you were from Texas, right? Sealy, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand raised by your great, great aunt, right? Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Great, great aunt. And you didn't know that this was, was not your mom until you were 12? Uh, no, I wasn't 12. I was younger than that. Okay. I, I was about, let me see. Maybe I was in the about fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. yeah what okay. Are you about? 11, yeah, good 10, 12, yeah, 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 10, yeah. 11, yeah, somewhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my my teacher told me. Really? Yeah, my teacher told me. Man, it was because she thought you should know, or nah. because she thought you knew. No, nah, she was jealous of my mother. She didn't. Man, small towns are different. You know, she didn't like my mom, my real mother, and I okay. thought my real mother was my sister. Um, my mother. I mean, my my real mother was. She was a beautiful woman. I mean, okay. really good looking, tall, six foot tall. So <laughs> she figured she gonna tell boy, but it didn't go over well. No, no, it didn't go well at all. I mean, not, for me, it did. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't bother me. Okay. But um, my mom, because I was, I won't forget. I came from school. She told me. She said I was. I was at school, and she said, "So don't you stay after class?" I'm like, "Okay." So she's after class. She had me come. She said, "So she said, you seen your daddy?" I said, well, "My dad at home." She said, "No, boy, your real dad." She said, "Go home and ask your mom who your real dad is." So that's not your mom. She said, "Miss Red." They called my mother Miss Red. Mister Kier, that's not your parents. She said, "Your real mother is Helen." And your dad is named Richard Seals. Go ask who Richard Seals is. So I, I went straight home and I asked. I, won't forget, I still can remember my mom was standing, my dad was sitting. And uh, I asked him, I said, Mom, I said, who is Richard Seals? And if you'd have saw the look on that, what? Who told you that? You know, <laughs> my mother, man, she went off. My, my, who adopted me, she went off. 
My dad said, settle down. She said, settle down. She said, what did, he, what did she tell you? Right. I told her, she told me, she said that you're not my parents. My real mom is Helen. and some guy named Richard Seals. And my mother, I was like, damn, lie. <laughs> oh, man, you know. <laughs> so she called my mother next. My mother lived right next door. Right. I was told, I was told she's my sister. Okay. She lived right next door with, with my with her husband, you know, which was against this was my stepfather. I didn't know him. It's called him Roberts. My mom, my real mother, went to get the gun, went to get the pistol. She's gonna she was gonna really go kill her for real, for no joke. She was really going to go kill her for no for seriously. She went to get the pistol. My my dad raised my her too, my mother. My my great aunt raised my real mom, and my dad raised her as her his daughter too. So he said, Helen said, No, he said, put that gun down. You're not gonna kill that woman. So she went over to the house because it was only maybe like 200 yards away. You could see the house from our house. Okay. She went over, man. She beat on the door. Bitch, you come out of you mother, man. Oh, you telling my body about Richard. Oh, it was a mess, man. But, you know, it didn't phase me. It answers answers some questions that, you know, as a black kid, you don't ask your mama no question. They say, hey, boy, you don't be asking them kind of questions. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, right. So. But you don't think it it didn't have any effect? I mean, mean not for you. No, it didn't have no effect because I had... Man, I, I'm gonna tell you, Brian. I had to. I had the best parents ever, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody's feeling like their parents are the best, and you know, you got a good parent. It's nothing like having a good parent, man. I had a good dad. My dad was a a good Christian man. I mean, a true Christian. Not not the not the word of mouth. You know, he didn't have to say it. You just knew it by his actions, and you know his you know him. And, and my mother, my mother was she was a good woman. She was tough. Now she was really tough. She was all about fairness. But she was really tough. Uh, I, I grew up with, with good parents, and my, I mean, I found out my, my my real mother was my mother, and we were like sister and brother then. I mean, we really were. I mean, we were we were tight. Right. So it didn't change my childhood, you know, at all. I just I thank God for having really two moms in a sense. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. How did you find football, or was oh. it sports at first? Well, it was all sports, you know. But I love football. I mean, I, I knew I was fast. Uh, I was really fast as a kid. And just love running. You know, I couldn't play. We didn't. We didn't have uh, tackle football. You know, we couldn't play it till we got in seventh grade because we didn't have pop Warner in this little small town. Right. So uh, I had a chance to play tackle football and I got in seventh grade. But I played football when I was a kid, like you know, eight nine years old. You know, playing the fields. You know, just hiking the ball and playing tackle on the ground. Okay. And uh, matter of fact, the funny thing is, I, I the only thing I could do was hike the ball. They wouldn't let me. Play. Run the ball. I used to only hike it. <laughs> no, I wasn't, no, I, I wasn't good. Nobody wanted me. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted me. No, I tried to trip. Let me be very, very clear. If you and I had been playing, that would have been my rule as well. Let me be very clear. Yes, yeah, so or could. I'll I'll toss it to you. I'll stand there and toss it. I I in your book, which we're going to talk about, your first organized football game in seventh grade, you scored six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for you. I love, fell in love with it. I mean, I was in seventh grade. We played the Waller Bulldogs. We were supposed to play the game on a Thursday, and it got rained out, so we had to play on a Saturday. And uh, the first, my first touchdown was kickoff, kickoff return. Man, I was so scared. I mean, heart beating fast. I won't forget, you know, just the jitters. And got the ball and ran it back for a touchdown. And man, I, like, bang, then had another touchdown, another one. And I'm like, oh, I just love this. I just, I loved everything about it. Oh. You can see, even when you started playing organized games, nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted to get in front of. Oh me. man, you know the thing about it is when I talk about it, I can still see that day. You know, it was it was still kind of overcast that morning. We played, man. I just God, I just love playing it. It was so exhilarating. It was so much fun. It was fun being a kid, and um, like I said, I just loved it. Yeah, you continue playing. 
well and you move on to high school mm-hmm. now ninth grade i understand you you get a new coach ralph harris i was my freshman year in, in high school yeah. in, in high school yeah. yeah yeah ralph harris became our, our high school coach he came from east texas and wasn't a guy i liked i mean honestly i mean i just keep it honest i didn't like him he didn't treat us right and mm-hmm. not us. I mean, I mean the black kids. It's the white kids too. Even 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 the white kids. They were like, man, he the worst. <laughs> even they didn't like him. And they were like, man, that's not right. I mean, because right. we couldn't like oh, we like you couldn't have the like you had afro. You couldn't have the hair. Couldn't touch your ears. You had to have it, you know, over your ears. You couldn't have uh, any facial hair. And I have facial hair. No way. Couldn't wear gold chains. You know, couldn't have a chain on your neck. Think you could wear a watch, but you couldn't wear rings. You know, just just stuff like that. You know, and was all targeting. It was the all black targeting kids. black kids, more yeah. all the black kids. And and then uh, the, I think the, the thing that got me was is that our lockers, you couldn't have anything in the bottom of your locker. Like you couldn't only have your shoes. Like you couldn't have a piece of paper, a pencil, or nothing in the bottom of your locker. And you know, it's, you know, kids, you know, you keep a messy locker, kind of right. football locker. Right. So the day he comes in and he makes all of us run who had stuff in the bottom of our locker. And it was just by chance, it was all black kids, all blacks, no whites, just all black. And look, man, it wasn't even about black and white because the thing, the thing about being in that my hometown is that we all knew each other from little kids. Right. You know, it wasn't like, this is the white kid. It was like, that's Kyle, you know, that's David, that's Eric. You right. Know? That's right. what it was. It didn't, right. It, didn't, it wasn't like black and white, but we saw what he was doing. And like I said, even the white kids said, man, that's wrong. I mean, they even said it's wrong. And so, uh, you know, I forget we had to run. And I mean, when I say run, run, we had to run with all our we had to run with our pads on, around the track, around the bleachers. And then finally, uh, guys just one by one start quitting. And I think um, I was one of the last ones. My cousin Bobby, I think, quit right before me. Bobby Byers. We still was my one of my favorite cousins. And um, then finally, I said, "Man, this is stupid." I'm like, "I'm not doing this no more." So we all quit. Everybody, all the black kids quit except one guy, Winston Brown. He was the only one that stayed. And we finally, he came to our house in the summer. The coach did, uh, Ralph Harris came to the house in the summer and talked to us about coming back. But before that, uh, a guy named James Abernathy, a guy named Shaq, okay. Shaq. He was from a town over called Brookshire Royal. And people who hear this, if you're from Texas or Brookshire, Texas, you know what I'm talking about. The Raw, the Raw Falcons, they were called. And uh, he came over, he was a big sports guy. Okay. And uh, he always like, you know, lived right. He had, he had, the thing was he had a girlfriend in Sealy and had a family, a wife in Brookshire. <laughs> but everybody knew. We all knew. Well, now girl, everybody knows. He had a yeah. girl. Well, he, he passed away now. So uh, he comes over. To, he comes over to the house one day. He comes over to my house. Uh, son pull up and he said, uh, "Hey, my mother said, hey, Shaq, say, hey, Miss Dickerson, how you doing?" She said, "You mind if I talk to Eric? Take Eric and talk to him for a minute." He said, "Sure, take him and talk to him." And Shaq was big in the sports. He loved sports. Okay. So. Um, I got in the car with him, we rode around, and he said, Eric, he said, man, I heard you quit football. I said, oh, yeah, man, that man prejudice. I don't like him. I said, no one likes him. And so he just listened to what I had to say. So, you know, and it's funny how older people, and, and think about Shaq was much older. He was in his 30s, but I'm a teenager, so, sure. so he's older than me. Right. So he says, uh, Eric, he says, um, so what do you see in this town? I said, man, Shaq, I don't see nothing. He said, exactly, there's nothing in this town. He said, let me tell you something, son. He said, we heard about this man. We, we heard he's not doing your kids right. But look, if you don't want to play here, come play in Brookshire. He said, Eric, I'm going to tell you something. He said, the talk about you is that you're one of the best athletes we've seen in these parts ever. And the funny thing, you know, as a kid, I didn't see that. You know, right. I, yeah, I didn't see that. You didn't? No, not at all. Okay. I didn't see that. I just I was a kid playing sports. And he said, Eric, you should, if you don't want to come play in Sealy, come play in Brookshire. We'd love to have you over here. 
So when he dropped me back at home, my mother said, what did he say to you? I told him, I said, he told me that I should go back and play. I'd be my way out of here. And she said, Eric, she said, she said, I don't like football. My mother hated football. She said, I don't like that sport, Eric. She said, but I feel like that, look, I don't like you quitting, start something quitting. But if you want to play, if you don't play in Sealy, I'll take, we'll drive you to Brookshire every day. Brookshire was 12 miles away. Right. So he said, I'll drive you to Brookshire. You know, you're going to play over there. I said, well, let me think about it. A couple of days later, my best friend called me and said, hey, man, is uh, Ralph Harris been by your house? I'm like, no, he said, he coming. He said, he coming by all the players' house. They quit, you know, all the black, black players. And I want to talk to us all about coming back for next year. I said, okay. So sure enough, he came by our house, talked to me and my mother and my dad. And um, we listened to what he had to say. And my mother, my, my mother was real blunt. You know, she said, you know, the way you treat these black kids, she said, it's just not right. And she said, you know, and a lot of kids are saying it. The parents are saying it. The black kids, parents, the white kids, parents are saying it. Well, I'm going to try to do better, blah, blah, blah. That old, you know, those song and right. dance. You know, I'd never coached black kids before. He had never coached blacks before. He never had. So that was, you know, and that, and that was that was his thing, too. I mean, you know, he had never coached blacks, and we had never had We had white coaches, but it wasn't no big deal to us. Right. But so finally, um, we all came back, and we, we, we came back, and we decided to play. We won a state championship, you know, yep. my, my senior year. Now, look, it wasn't no feel-good story. It wasn't one of them like, oh, everything turned out right. But no, it wasn't, right. it wasn't one of them stories. I, I still didn't like him. It never matched. Me and him never matched. And I won't forget, he, he wanted me to go to University of Texas. That was his thing. And I, I Texas was okay, but I didn't, they were arrogant. I didn't like the arrogance. And so he told me, look, if you ain't, since you don't consider the University of Texas, I just tell schools you're not interested in going to college. I said, I'll tell you what, man, I don't need you. I said, I don't need you at all. I mean, I said, they want me to come to my house and get me. Sure enough, that's exactly how it was because he would tell them I didn't want to go to college. And I tell him, I said, well, I don't like him. We don't get along. You know, I just don't like him. Wow. And isn't that funny? But and the thing about it is, is that a lot of kids, coaches have really hurt their careers doing that kind of stuff because they do it. They, and they, and they, they have done it to, to kids. And I'm sure some coaches listening right now that has messed over kids and kids that know what I'm talking about, that they've been messed over by coaches or sometimes family members, you know, didn't do them right. But luckily, my my, my situation was different. I thank God. Right. Um, the coaches came to my house, talked to me, you know, and I didn't have a relationship with him. With, with, with him, and yeah, that was that was that. You talked about that first football game and remembering it. Did did he change your love for the game? Oh yeah, did, did oh he, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it as much, you know, when, with him. With him, I didn't like it as much. Right, but. But my first, like, say my first two years with him, I didn't like it as much. But after a while, you know, you just kind of forget about him and just play it because you got other players, you right. know, the players. So I, I I loved it. I did love I love playing high school football. But I'll tell you a story. I mean, even at the end, like with him, this has been about three, about three years ago. He just passed away like a year ago. And um, I'm at home. A guy knows. He calls me. He said, Eric, I said, what's up, Dana? How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. We're talking. He said, man, somebody want to say hi to you. I'm like, okay. Get on the phone. I say, hey, Eric. As soon as I heard his voice, it was him. My heart started beating fast. Just go to show you the effect that wow. that, that could have on you. As soon as, I, and I was what, like 58 years old. I say, say, hey, Eric. I paused. I said, what's up, Ralph? I mean, because I, I was, I was, I went to that, I went back to that mode. Like, I said, right. well, I said, I said what's up, man? He said, how's it going? I said, I'm good. What's happening? I mean, because I was real short with him. He said, I just want to tell you, man, I've seen your career. You had a great NFL career. I want to congratulate you on college and everything. I said, thanks, man. I appreciate it. He said, and I just want to say, man, I just want to apologize to you and all the guys who I treated you guys. I want to say I'm sorry. You know, I, I really screwed it up. I said, Ralph, I said, man, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. And 
That was the last conversation. I mean, I did because, you know, as a kid, you think about, did, did I do something wrong? Right. Was it me? You know, maybe I could have handled it different, but I knew it wasn't right. You know, you know when things aren't right. I knew he wasn't treating us right. Not just me, just a bunch of us. He wasn't treating us all right. And like I said, well, no, I'm about to... The whites do sometimes. The white right. kids do. Right. But it was mostly us. And so, I mean, that was that was big of him to to apologize and say that. And I accepted his apology. You know, I did accept his apology. But like I said, he passed away about, about, about a year ago he passed away. Wow. That effect, though, all these years, all of the things that you've accomplished since then. Ain't that, ain't that the truth? And hearing his voice. Hearing his voice, my heart started just pounding. And I just almost almost like I got I got nervous, but I was but I was mad at the same time, right? Just to hear him, and so because I knew the, you know, it's, it's like when you knew something, when you know something's wrong and you've been treated wrong, you don't forget it. As kids don't forget, sure. You know, you could be a you could be a grown man, but like you remember, I'm sure it's a lot of kids remember the teachers that they didn't like, the coaches they didn't like, right? Some of the parents that I didn't like his parent, and their parents didn't like me, <laughs> right? You know? right. Yeah. 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 Well, you win the state championship, as you say, your senior year. You end up rushing uh, in the championship game for 311 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously, that whole year, you start getting recruited. And as you say, the coach wasn't doing any favors because he wanted you to go to Texas. And you start looking at A&M. Yeah. And... Not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They were, at me. <laughs> they were looking at you. Did you ever think you were going to go to A&M? In all honesty, no. Okay. I mean, let me tell you. A&M's a good school, too. I'm not taking nothing away from them. They're a good school. Good good, uh, good alumni, everything. But let me tell you what. They had, I won't forget, I went to a visit, and they had no cheerleaders. It was mostly guys. It was mostly a guy school back then. Right. They had yell leaders. I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm thinking in my mind, oh, hell no. Uh-uh, I ain't going to school with all these guys. <laughs> like, it ain't happening for me. And then, then I didn't like their uniforms. I, I, I hated them uniforms. They had the guy with the big chin, the Aggie. I'm like, oh, hell no. I can't wear that uniform. That uniform's ugly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, Brian, you know, little stuff like that, you'll be surprised, plays a big role in a right. kid's mind. It right. really does. It played a big role. The uniform, no cheerleaders. I'm like, oh, no, man, I can't do this still. Right. I mean, but I said, good school. I enjoyed my I enjoyed my visit there because it was only about, and it was only about 150 miles from Sealy. Okay. You know, so it was close. And and I can tell you a story. Matter of fact, when I went on my trip, so we drove over. We were driving to Winnebago over to, over to A&M, going over to A&M for my visit. And the Winnebago broke down. And uh, we were probably about 70, 80 miles out. But we're right close to a private airport. Okay. And the guy goes over to, goes into the private airport, and he's going to charter a private plane, or like a, a, a plane to fly us over. i never flown on a plane. So I'm like- You've never flown on a plane never, at all. i never flown on a plane ever. Right. And I'm like- You've still never f- flown on a commercial flight, right? Oh, come on, please. I, 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 wish I, I fly private all the time. Yeah, that's all I do, please. So anyway, so we go over to the to the private airport. It was like right, like we broke down right, right next to it. I said, we can get a private plane. I said, oh, no. I said, man, I don't fly. I told the guy, I don't fly. I got to call my mama. <laughs> so I said, I got to call my mom. So got on the pay phone. I called her. She said, y'all got there already? I said, no, ma'am. I said, the, the Winnebago broke down. She said, they want to fly over. She said, fly? I said, yeah, mama. I said, what you think? She said, well, let me let me go in. I never forget. She said, let me go in here and pray. So she put, put the phone down, 
I waited. I just sit there and waited. She came back about maybe about three or four minutes. She came back. She said, "Okay, go and get on the plane." She said, "Just call me when you get there." I said, "Okay." That's a, if she just said, "Don't get on it." I said, "Oh, I'm out." <laughs> so that, wow. was, that was the first time I flew on a plane. <laughs> it was a little plane. I flew, we flew over to A and M. That was my first flight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com find. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There were a lot of people from A&M who believed that that you were going to come yeah, yeah. to A&M. Yeah, a lot of Aggies. Yeah, because a lot of Aggies in my hometown of Sealy. It's a bunch okay. of Aggies. That was an Aggie town. It really was uh, mostly an Aggie town. And we had one of the, one of the big alumni, A&M Booster, was, in, was right there in, in Sealy. 
Okay. But um, like I say, man, I, I I enjoyed the trip. I really did. But so how? I'm I'm not going to belabor the car thing. But how how did you then begin to start considering SMU? SMU was not at the top of my radar. Okay. The school I really wanted to go to was Oklahoma. Right. That's why I wanted to go to college. Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer. Right. I wanted to go to school there. My mother would not allow it. She wasn't having it. She came. Barry Switzer came to my house to recruit me. My, my first real visit was California. The first plane, the real, the real plane I flew on was coming to L.A. I came to visit USC. Okay. Yeah, I came out here to, to visit USC. It was the first time I had a real plane, a big flight, like a right. passenger plane. Flew out here to visit SC. Loved it. Went to the Rose Bowl when uh, they played at the University of Michigan. They had the, the Bantam fumble, you know, Charlie fumbled the ball, and they gave him a touchdown. I think it was 12-7 they played Michigan. I was, at, I was at that game. Wow. Um, but I really wanted to go to – I, I liked SC. I really did. It was just too far. That's what it was, too far. Okay. I, and I love the fight song and everything, but I just couldn't come here. Then I went to 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 OU, and man, I just fell in love with OU. I mean, it was close enough to Texas, right? You know, the Boomer Sooner thing. Then I met a girl over there. <laughs> I met a girl. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, I'm sensing a theme, but yes, all right, yeah, keep met, going. Yeah, met a, met a girl. Okay, my mother was a professor at the University of Oklahoma, and she was like, "Do not come here." I won't forget it. Her mother like. Don't come here. They treat the players so bad. Don't come here. They don't, they don't, they don't have no education. Don't come here. She kept saying, don't come here. But I wanted to go there. But anyway, so, oh, you came to my house, like I said, Barry Switzer. And I committed. I committed to him uh, at my house. My mother was, my, my mom was there. And she didn't say much. I won't forget she didn't say much. And I told him, I'm, I want to come. And and like, okay, we're going, you know, you'll be number 19, blah, blah. And I, I don't get, they walked out. She said, you ain't going to school, man. She said, a real calm. Just like, <laughs> You ain't going to school, huh? I'm like, Mama, nope. Eric, you ain't going to school, huh? I'm like, Mama, I just told him. I, she said, why didn't you say that? She said, uh-uh. I said, Eric, that man's a liar. She told my Barry Switzer, he's a liar, and I don't trust him. So you ain't going to Eric. She said, you're a Texas boy. Stay in the state of Texas. So, oh, man, so boom. So, I man, I was confused then because I didn't want to, I didn't really like, I didn't like a &M. I'm like, man, and I wasn't sure about SMU because SMU wasn't big. It wasn't big time enough. They right. weren't winning enough. I mean, right. they, were, they had a great, a good program, new coach, Coach Ron Meyer, but, you know, it just wasn't big enough for me. I didn't think they were big enough. Okay. And uh, I won't forget my mother sit me down and she talked to me and so she kind of talked me into it, you know, I'll make a long story short, and she kind of talked me into it. And I'll say it's the best decision she ever made for me. I got to say, I'm so glad I went to that school. I'm so glad I went to SMU. My memories there, the great football team. We had the players I had on that football team. Man, second to none. I mean, I won't forget, I, I went to transfer when I came back home after my sophomore year, I think my sophomore year. Okay. I went to transfer. I'm like, Mom, I want to transfer out of here. I'm like, I want to go to OU. I'm, I'm, I, first, I called Oklahoma. I called University of Oklahoma. Rot rotary dial phone. Uh, Oklahoma football. Can I speak to Coach Switzer? Hold on a second. I won't forget his secretary's name was Susie. Her name was Susie. She says, Susie, blah, blah, blah. Coach Swiss the secretary. Who's calling? I didn't say anything. She said, who's calling? I hung up. I said, I'm going to wait till I get home and tell my mom I want to transfer. Okay. So I go home. <laughs> I said, Mom, I want to talk to you. She said, yeah. She said, yeah. My, at this time, my dad had passed away. I said, Mom, I want to talk to you. I, wanna, I don't want to go to SMU anymore. She said, what? I said, I want to go to OU. She said, boy, sit your ass down. She took a piece of paper and put a line down in the middle, put SMU and other. So okay. She said, so. Do you have a scholarship at SMU? Yes, ma'am, I have a scholarship. Okay, that's a check. So you guarantee the scholarship at OU. Well, that, that's an X. So, so you're playing at SMU. Yeah, I'm playing, but I'm not playing. That's a check. So you guarantee you're going to play at OU? Blip. 
That's an X. So <laughs> make a long story short, it was all checks on the SMU side and all X's on OU side. And she said, boy, take your ass back to SMU. So I went back and, you know, the rest was history. The Pony Express. And I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I went back. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, your teams were incredible. I, I, I got to ask you, you, you've come clean after a, a number of years about the car. Right? <laughs> now, or the cars. Cars. Now, let me just, now, let me just tell you this. When I went to SMU, there was a story. There was always a story. The story that I heard was you get the Trans Am from a and I mean, th- and this is this is a number of years later. By the way, I'm way way younger and more handsome. Than I you. agree with you. I but agree. With you. I so when I am there, the story I heard is you have the Trans Am mm-hmm. and you drive it up to S. I mean, this is how things get changed. <laughs> yeah, you're at A and M. You drive the Trans Am up to SMU to visit SMU. They then offer you a Porsche. And so you get in your Trans Am <laughs> and you drive it back to, to A&M and somebody picks you up from SMU in the Porsche and drives you back to Dallas. No. Now, that's where the... St- that is such that, a lie. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm not oh. saying that's true. No, that's not true. I know it's not true, but I'm saying that's what had happened, happened. to the story. I got you. That's where it happened. So I'm... You know, I ended up going just a couple of years, a few years, 20 years after the death penalty. No, just a few years after is when, is when I ended up coming. And, you know, really what I want to ask you about is for a long time, you said your grandmother bought it for you. Mm-hmm. And that, that was your story. Mm-hmm. And you were sticking with it. Yep. That's still a story. Let me tell you the story since it's in my book. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's why yeah. my, my question really is why at this point have you, you decided to tell the full Man, story. because it, who is it going to hurt? Most everybody's dead and gone. Right. <laughs> no, is that why you you stuck with this, the story for so long? No, because you didn't want to hurt people. No, because the story was just the truth. It's true. My grandmother did buy the car. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you how, right. how, how, how it went down. So the lady who raised me is my great great aunt. People thought that's my grandmother. Right. That's not my grandmother. My grandmother lived in Houston with my grandfather. Yes. My grandfather was a crane operator. He had a, he had a really good job. He got a new car every couple of years. Like every four years, they get a new Cadillac. Okay. That, was, that, was, that was the thing. They said I wanted to get another one. So when I saw the car, you know, everybody in my family knew I liked it, liked this car. The Trans Am. Trans Am, the Trans okay. Am. It was a Leo Jonigan. Leo Jonigan Chevrolet is where it was, where it was at. And so I told my mother, and because I'd, I'd, I'd go to, I'd, I'd drive down to Houston. Um, my mom's new car, we had an old pickup. I'd drive to Houston and visit my grandparents in Houston. It was just 40 miles away. Right. So um, they knew what they heard about the Trans Am. And they heard about A&M recruiting me and all the schools recruiting me. And so one day, my mother said, Eric, we're going to go to Houston. Do you want to go to Houston tomorrow? I'm going to look at that car. I'm like, what car? That, that Trans Am. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. So we go down to Houston. We go to Leo Jonigan. My grandmother meets me there. My grandfather, my stepfather, my mother, my mom, and two white men. Don't know who these white guys are. Still know who they are today. We go in. You never saw them again? Never saw them again. Never saw them again. Uh, go go and go to uh, Leo Jonigan talking about the car, talking to my grandmother. I take the car, drive it. They tell me to take out and drive it. They, they doing all the talking. Come back, take the keys, it's yours. I'm like, huh? I'm like, I'm like that? That's how, it, that's, how trans, that's how it went down, just like that. So I asked my mother. I said, Mom, I said, how did I get that car? She said, don't, don't you worry about it. And it can't never come back on you. That's exactly what she said. It can't never come back on you. 
a couple of days later, the NCAA shows up at Sealy High School at my school. A couple um, days later? Yeah, like like two days. Okay. Literally, like, not, not a week, like two days later, they show up at my high school. Everybody in here had a new car. I'm in lab class, and I want the, the teacher comes, hey, Eric, uh, guy knocks on the door. I go out, he said, I'm so-and-so from NCAA, black guy. From NCAA, uh, I want to talk to you about the Trans Am that you have. I said, well, I can't talk to you. I said, you can talk to my mother. I said, at home. I mean, she's at home. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He said, well, can you give me your address? I call your mama. I said, so I had to go to the office, call my mother, and tell him this guy going to come to the house and talk to her about the car. She said, okay, tell him to come on to the house. So he, he goes to my house. I get home later. He was still there. And they talked. my grandmother talked to him on the phone. So make a long story short, this man came to our house every day for, I'm going to say, almost two months. Even on the weekends, he would come. That's how much he came. Talking to my grandparents, talking to my stepfather, talking to my mom, talking to my grandmother, my mama. You know, he's talking to neighbors and everything else. And finally, I didn't see him anymore. I mean, he was so much. He, some, he, was, he would eat dinner with us sometimes. That's how much he was at our house. <laughs> I wish I could remember that man's name. So finally, I said, Mom, I said, what happened to that the NCAA guy? She said, well, your grandmother told him that if she see him again, she's going to sue him personally and the NCAA. She said, they ain't got nothing on that car. She said, nothing on it. She said, she bought that car legally. There's nothing they could do. So, boom, let's fast forward. So come to find out, because my mother would never tell me. She never told me. So I think I was in the pros. I said, Mom, I said, I said how did that car come about? She said, you didn't know. She said, you need, you need to know, but I'll tell you now. She said, she said, your grandmother bought that car. She said, they wrote a check for it. She said, they paid $14,500 for that car. She said, and them gave them the cash back for it. That's how the car was bought. Boom. Trans Am. My grandmother bought the car. <laughs> I didn't know all that. So there it is. Right. Yeah. So for a long time, you still didn't, you didn't know. So when you were know. answering honestly, you just answer, said, right. I was answering honestly. I did not know. I did. Right. I had no idea because she didn't tell me. I mean, right. but really, and I was honest, she, she, she bought the car. So she, they right. gave her the money back. So that's it. What? But the car from SMU, you know. Which one? <laughs> what's, what's, talk, what's she talking about? <laughs> Good man, good man. Uh, yeah, that's that. That was that was the story when yeah. I was well, there. Well, let me tell you, the Porsche. Craig had a Porsche. I didn't have a Porsche. See, people didn't know Craig had the nine forty four Porsche. Craig got a nine forty four. Craig James. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every everybody had cars. Right. That was the norm. Everybody had a car. I mean, right. you know, the, the great thing about I can say at SMU with the guys. It was no jealousy. Every guy was happy for a guy. Man, let me see your car, man. Let me, let me go out. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me drive it. You know, let me, t- <laughs> let me see it. Almost every guy had a car. Right. So? <laughs> so you had a car, it. too. Everybody had a car. Everybody had a car. Um, the Pony Express, legendary Pony Express of the early 80s. You, Craig James, Charles Wagoner, all three great recruits. Uh, Charles gets hurt. Yep. And it's you, you and Craig the Pony Express, you still feel love for those days, fond oh, memories of your time. For sure. Yeah. I'll say this, man, speaking of, speaking of Charles Wagner, it was it was three, we, man, we had so many backs. I mean, it wasn't just those three, it was me, it was Craig, it was Charles Wagner, it was Eddie O'Brien, it was, man, we had like, we were deep with back, Ephraim Lynch, Charles Drayton, Craig James. I mean, we had like nine, 10 running backs, you know, all highly recruited running backs. And Charles Wagner, to me, I gotta say, was I think he was he was about my size. Charles was about six foot two. I'm six foot three. 
wasn't as fast as I was, but I think he was ready for college at the time than I wasn't. I got to say, he, I mean, his body structure was bigger. It was bigger. Yeah, okay. it was bigger. But he got hurt on a kickoff on playing the Texas Tech Red Raiders, broke a bone in his neck and never played again. We were back down the back. We were back on the kickoff together. No one will forget it. They kicked off, and it, it could have been me just easily. It was him. I stepped up. I told him, you take it. And they cut. And at that time, they could cut you, cut you at your, at your knees. They cut me and cut him at the same time. He came down and broke a bone in his neck. And never played again. But Charles was man. There's no way that all three of us could have stayed there. Somebody's gonna have to leave. You know, that's what it, that's what it's coming. There just wasn't enough balls. It was not enough football. It just wasn't. It was just facts. But and I'd hate to see somebody get hurt, especially Charles. Charles is such a good guy. But that's how you know the Pony Express kind of came out of that. But it wasn't. It wasn't a smooth transition. It wasn't smooth. I mean, it, it really wasn't because Craig didn't like sharing time. I didn't like sharing time. Then after a while, we just kind of got used to it. You know, it would be where. Like most of the time, Craig would start, and then I would come in off the bench, and uh, you know we just rotate. And you know we like if you got a series, if if, it, if we had a long drive, then cool, that was your series. If it was three and out, sometimes I'll say you go back in. Right. You know we just we just made it work, and and it and it worked it worked really well. Yeah. So there is Oklahoma. There's Texas to some degree. A and M at that time. You know, was there any particular joy or good feeling that you had, sort of? elevating a school that had not been on that level. Like you were blazing a new path. That's what my mom said. I'm going to tell you, man, she's, she, mother was so smart. I See, I'm say. smart like your mom, but anyway, go ahead. I digress. <laughs> I digress. She's so smart, man. Yeah. <laughs> she's Eric, she said, let me tell you something, son. She said, go somewhere where you can be the first. You can start. Say, so you go to these schools, Oklahoma, they got their guys. You go to USC, they got their guys. Go somewhere, they, they'll be talking about y'all forever. Yes, and, and honestly, Brian, here we are. That's still talk right. about. It. That's I mean, right. I wish they would talk about that, something. Else. That's right. About, yeah, I got. I got to give her. I got to give her credit on that. Was, I, that's credit to her, and she was right. I'm, I'm, that's why I say I'm so glad that I chose my school. Well, look, and we're about to talk about the NFL as well. And obviously, it's about your college career. But I think you're right. If you go to OU, we'd mention maybe a national championship or you know, this record that you had or whatever, but it's really nice to hear your feelings about the school because, you know, yeah, yeah. When I was there and I know still now, they're still talking about you. They're still talking about it like, like it happened yesterday. I mean, and it's funny because I mean, it's been so long ago, but we had such a great program. I mean, we were dominant. I mean, you know, the thing about it is when I, when I, when they, they did 30 for 30 and guys that, were younger than me, play. Man, I mean, I didn't know y'all were that good, man. Man, I wanted to go to SMU too, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, they got the death penalty. I was trying to go to SMU. It was yeah. so many of those, so many of those players that, that said that. But we we were trailblazers and didn't even know it. Basically, I, yeah. didn't, people, I didn't know people knew who the Pony Express was. I had, oh. I didn't know people even knew. When I came to California, my, you know, my one of my things was, I said, I want them to know who I am. I want them. I want them to know what what, what a good football player I really am because I don't think they really know. You know, me in Texas, you know, because we didn't get the hype that I think like the Alabama and SC and all the other schools got. But I guess we were getting them and we just didn't realize because we played on national television too. Yeah. 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 No, it it was a real thing. And, you know, the crazy thing is, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this. Maybe we did. I mean, I end up going to SMU totally, you know, for, for other reasons, but I'm from Atlanta. I was a University of Georgia fan. Wow. So, yeah. the cra- so how'd you wind up at SMU? No, I'd, well, SMU had a theater department. I mean, SMU had, you know, yeah. they had, as we know, both of us know, they have a lot of money and they supported their athletics and they supported the arts. You're and, right, right. And, and so 
that's where I went. But no, so it, but at that time, again, because I'm younger and, and more attractive, I was <laughs> thank you, thank I you. was um yeah, I was going to Athens as a as a kid, as a younger kid, mm-hmm. yeah, watching Herschel Walker. And so I was it, it's this weird kind of shift for me where I remember SMU was like, oh, I don't know if we want to play. I don't know if we want to play SMU <laughs> or not. We being Georgia, which then sort of shifted and changed. It's just interesting. Uh, 4,450 yards on 790 carries. You broke Earl Campbell's Southwest Conference record for yards and for attempts. 48 career touchdowns tied Doak Walker's SMU record, uh, career scoring record. And this was despite splitting time, mm-hmm. you finished third in the Heisman Trophy uh, voting behind aforementioned Herschel Walker and John Elway. Obviously, you're getting a ton of attention at this time for the NFL. And I understand that you were, I did not know this or did not remember this. You considered going to the Arizona Wranglers. USFL, yep, um, and 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 was considering between that and the NFL. And once again, my mother came through. She, I won't forget because I asked her. I said, "Which one should I go to, Mama?" She said, "They said, let me think about it. Let me pray. She said, let me pray on it." And I won't forget. She came back later, a couple of days later. She said, "Let me ask you something." She said, "Which one's been around longer?" I said, the "NFL." She said, "Go to the NFL. They're gonna be there. That's the one you go to." That's why I chose the NFL. I didn't even think about the Arizona Wranglers after that. They drafted me, but I never, I went on to visit, you know, they took probably down to visit, but I wouldn't go in there. I was going to the NFL. When she said that, that sealed the deal for me. I mean, that is a really good decision. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, think, I, think, <laughs> I mean, just call me crazy. I think that's a really good decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get drafted by the Rams. Talk to me about that day just a little bit about being drafted and by the Rams, again, far away from home. What were your feelings? Well, I'll say this much here. I wanted to come to the Rams. I did. Uh, After not coming to USC, you know, watching the Rams on television, because I'd watch the Rams. I really, you know what I loved about the Rams? The uniforms. I loved the uniforms. The uniforms are I loved the the old uniform. I loved the horn. I mean, it just sucks, looks so cool. I'm like, man, I look so good in that uniform. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. being in LA, I think about being in LA, Hollywood. Right. You know, when I when I got drafted, I was excited about it. But I got I got the news uh, the uh, night before. You knew you knew Elway El- was going to go. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was Baltimore, uh-huh. the Oilers, and the Rams in that order. That was the, that was the order right there. First, okay. the top three. So it passed me. I said I was going to go one, two. A three somewhere and we know no we're in there somewhere one or two one or two or three maybe so what happened is the Rams made a trade with the Oilers the night before the draft and I got a call that night I can't think of the guy's the guy's name now he called me he said um, God this is so and so from the Los Angeles Rams he's Eric Dickerson I see this is Eric Dickerson he said we're gonna draft you in the morning he said so we have a flight for you to catch it like ten o'clock out of Dallas DFW so just let you know we're drafting you in the morning I'm like. Okay, I won't forget it. And that's how I knew I was getting drafted. I knew right there. Right. They said, they could say we made a trade with the Houston Oilers. We swapped with the Houston Oilers. So I'm just letting you know. Because Houston was had the second pick. So sure enough, I'm in the car. I'm on the way to the airport. Me and my best friend, Jack Faulkner. That's who called Jack Faulkner called. Okay. Uh, we went on our way to the airport. They said, the, the Rams make a quick pick, you know, running back. Eric Dickerson, Southern Methodist University, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, wow, that was really quick. You know what I'm saying? Because they picked me right away. <laughs> 
you know, just like they picked John Elwood the same way. Right. So um, I got to the airport and people congratulated me and I was like, wow, thanks, you know, and I got to LA, okay, I got here to LA, to the Rams and um, had the press conference. My first thing John Robinson said when he saw me, he said, I finally got you. Cause he tried to recruit me out of high exactly. school. Exactly. Tried to recruit me out of high oh, school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was, that was, that was funny. And uh, I won't forget my press conference because, you know, they asked me, you know, questions and, you know, I've never been big. I've never cared for the press much. And one of the things was, am, am I, was I going to be the savior? I said, hey, man, look, I said, I just came here to play football and just do what I'm supposed to do, do my job. That's what, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I was excited about it. But I can tell you this, when I got back, because I flew back that night. Right. Got back. Um, so my best friend picked me up. He said, man, so, so what, uh, what number did you choose? I said, I chose, I chose number 25. He said, 25? Why you take that slow number? That's a slow-ass number. <laughs> I'll never forget it. He said, why you take number 29? Like, you know, 19, 29 number. I'm like, oh, yeah. Man, Brian, that, that night I couldn't even sleep. I couldn't, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even sleep. I swear. I, could, I had to call the Rams the next day to change my number. So I called later in the day, and I said, man, I speak to Mr. Hewitt, please, the equipment guy. So, okay. But I said, hey, Mr. Hewitt, how you doing? Say, hey, Eric, how's it going? Uh, I say, and I know I'm I'm number 25, but I don't want to be number 25. He said, I said, I want to be, I want to switch my number to 29. He said, Eric, he said, I don't think we can do that. You know, you're in the LA Times, hold up number 25. I said, well, i tell you what, Mr. Hewitt, if I'm not number 29, I'm not coming. He said, well, okay, well, you'll be number 29. <laughs> so that's how I became number 29. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com find. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought 
in that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I I did not know that story, and I it leads me to a, a really important question: Do you like most athletes? For those of you who are not golfers, most professional athletes put their their number on their golf ball. Mm-hmm. Is tw- is twenty nine on your golf ball? Yeah, I got them on some of them. I hate to, I hate to lose them. <laughs> That's the problem. You lose them. Got your number. Your ED two nine or EDH Hall of Fame. Yeah, people give them to me. Yeah. Here's the problem. I'm 29 also. I, this never occurred to me. Wait. Probably you, when we've played at some point in time, you've hit my ball. Oh, you well, you're you like, well, how'd you come up with the number 29? All right, I'll tell you. I was like, I'm not an athlete. You know, because you, you, know, you go to Tahoe or you go in these tournaments and you got to have yeah. your own number. You got to, right. you know, it's got to be different. Right. And I was like, I don't have a number. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say? And so I was like, well, let me think of something weird. Which was not twenty five. I was nineteen. I was like, it's a it's a prime number. Like I don't know. Like I don't I don't think of any. You'll probably think of some. But I can't think of any iconic sports people that have had nineteen. And then I started playing real shitty for a couple of years, and I was like, I think I got I think I got to change my number. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally randomly I was like. Well, I'll just turn it to twenty nine. That was it. So, <laughs> so we, you were two. So I'm yeah. Okay. I'm twenty nine. Well, and I was nineteen in college, so that's what I had. I was nineteen. In college. There you go. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe maybe that. Was I'm, it. Tr- I'm following you from college to the, the pro- pros. To the pros. Is- well, I got to tell you this here too. I got to tell you a story because people ask me. They say, you know, what's what's if you have a regret? What's one thing you regret? I say, you know what I really regret? I regret not taking theater and drama. I used to love to go to the at place. SMU or at both SMU okay. and in high school. Okay, but you know back then it was like ah, you know I'm not a drama guy. That's that's not real guys. I mean right. athletes don't do that kind of stuff. Right. But I re- do I regret that to death, man? Because I used to love to go to play. Right. I'm like man, that's so cool. You know, they become somebody else. That's amazing. Yep. I never knew that. Yep. Let me ask you this: Do you remember what was your dorm at SMU? Uh, let me see. Was it Cockman? What Cockrell was the other one? Um, was it Letterman Hall? No, not Letterman. Oh, okay, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't Letterman. But I moved. I moved off campus. I moved off campus after my, my freshman year. Freshman yeah, me year. too. Yeah, that's kind of what everybody did. Yeah, no. So I was told Letterman Hall was the old football dorm, which it became, might have been before I got there. But became yeah. the became the theater. Yeah, really. Yeah. So that's where that was my that was my freshman dorm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, dorm, I believe, no longer exists because the president <laughs> Bush's library. 
But for those of you who went to school then, who are listening, that that is campus a trip is down. gorgeous, man. Too. Uh, I'm just there. Went, uh, it's amazing. Yes, you you go to the Rams. It must be stated you set the single season rushing yardage record in a season. Still stands today, two thousand one hundred and five yards. Um, before you, only OJ Simpson uh, had more. Just a handful after. No one has gotten to 2105 is that is that something you're proud of very much very much proud of i think i think the one that i would say is going to last longer is uh the rookie rushing record yeah 1800 yards as a rookie 20 touchdowns i mean i didn't plan on that kind of season i mean i forget once again me and my best friend we were talking about my first my first year he said well you know what because we kind of been trying to make goals right so he said well he said okay let's look at marcus's because he said i think marcus had like he said 1100 yards and like Eight touchdowns. So he said, "Well, you bet it, Marcus." So he said, "And Marcus, my boy." <laughs> I know. He, he said, "He said so." Now he said, "So you ought to have like thirteen hundred yards, maybe like thirteen or fourteen touchdowns." I'm like, okay, that'd be a good year. Said, I'm thinking that's that'd be a good year. I said, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. But I had eighteen hundred yards and twenty yeah. touchdowns. So, but man, I'm very proud. Of, you know, when you play a sport like like football or any sport, it's grueling. It's it's a grueling sport. It's it's tough on your body. It's tough on your mind. But I think the thing that that sometimes is satisfying is when you play against other great players and they tell you that you're great or you're good. Man, Eric, you're great. I mean, I was tough playing against you. That makes you feel like I really did something. I really accomplished something in my sport. When the other great players, because you hear them like my boy LT or Ricky Jackson, Richard Dent, they say, man, you're playing against you, man. We knew we had to game plan for you. And so vice versa. Like we had to game plan for Lawrence Taylor. We had to game plan for Richard Dent, you know, Mike Singletary, you know, Ronnie Lott, you know, you get the game plan for certain guys. But it, it makes me, I'm, I'm very proud of the things that I was able to do in the NFL. I want you to know, because I know I haven't said this to you, it has become truly for me one of the great thrills, privileges of my life as a huge sports fan to truly get to know essentially everyone you just mentioned. I mean, okay. you're talking about Marcus. And I'm like, oh, I remember, yeah, me and you and Marcus ended yep. up flying. Yep. Yeah, right, like, right. Exactly. Here, there, yeah. oh, there's Dent. And, uh -huh. you know, watching you guys interact and bringing me in to that fold in some way or, I don't know, trusting me. is I don't even know if that's the right word or just we're just hanging out. It's a, it, I consider it a privilege. So I just wanted to say that. And well, when right. you mentioned all those other guys – I'm like, yeah, God, and and everyone's nice to me. Like, no one's, no <laughs> well, one's an well, ass. Well, believe believe it or not, you know, all of us guys, all of us, I think athletes, we always in sense wanted to be an actor too. Right. Yeah, so right. We, we look we look at what you do, and like, man, we in awe of that also. Like, man, how do you do that? You know, make it look so easy. Like people say, you make it look. Man, I say it's ain't easy. I say just like acting, it's not easy. It's a job. It's no, not it's easy. not. No, no, it's not. No, and this week especially, I can tell you for sure, it is. It is not not this. My uh, it's it is it's been a tough week. Um, the Rams, you left, which we can talk about briefly. Uh, to go to the Colts, eventually the Raiders, and you know you had an on again off again, you know relationship with some people with the Rams, and you know to see you the last few years. How has it been for you to really be brought back? Well, I, I yeah. got to say, it, it was good because it started with John Shaw. I mean, John Shaw was the guy who, who traded me from the Rams. Mm -hmm. and that that should have never happened. Look, one thing about me was I wasn't a, I wasn't a troublemaker. 
Right. You know, I didn't do drugs, you know. I'm like most guys, young guys back then. All we did was go out to go to clubs and chase girls. Mm-hmm. Thank thank God we didn't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it like that. Thank God we didn't have these things. But um, you know, I, I wanted to play for I wanted to play for the team, but you know, they weren't paying me right. And they mm-hmm. really weren't. I mean, and you know, I got called all kinds of things, Eric the N grade, things I didn't know I didn't know what the N grade was, you know, money hungry. I'm like, money hungry, how my money? I ain't making no money, you know. Right. And so I won't forget that um, it was my fourth year, and I go to meet with John Shaw by my contract. But you know, I'm just so unhappy with it because I know I'm getting screwed. I mean, I'm, it's no doubt I am. I mean, and so when I go to talk to him about it, he says, "I mean, he says, uh, so Eric, you know, what, what do you want to talk? I said, I want to talk about my contract, John. I mean, I said, man, I'm saying I'm not getting paid right. I said, you know, I'm most of the offense and." You know, I'm, I'm, I led the league in rushing last year, and I won't forget his reply. No, you didn't. Eric Walter Payton did. I said, John, I led the league in rushing last year at 1821. No, Eric. I mean, so we arguing. We, no, I'm like, John, I led the league in rushing, man. I'm telling you. At 1821 and 14 touchdowns. Let me get the book out. I want to slap him with that book. <laughs> you go bring the book. He's like, oh, you did. I'm like, you know I. I want to say, you know I did. <laughs> So, you know, so I'm talking to him. And I said, look, John, I said, I'll tell you what, this is how much I want to stay with the team. And I guarantee you no other player would have did this. I said, I think I, that year I'd had like 1,300 yards because I held out. So I told him, I said, look, John, I said, if if I have over fifteen to 1,600 yards, that's a lot of yards in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of yards. I said, you pay me. Like John Elway's getting paid, paid me a million dollars. I was making 150, 175. And I'm, I mean, Elway, John Elway's making a million dollars. I'm like, I'm the second pick. How is my money so way off? Right. So he said, I said, I said, just, I said, just pay me, pay me. I want to make what they, I want to make a million dollars. That's what I want to make. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, I'll put it on me. I said, I'm just like that. If I don't perform, I don't, I said, I'll go back to my old contract. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then at that point, I'm like, well, this ain't gonna work, right? You know, it just and it just it just started falling apart at that point, you know, with the team. And I wanted to be there. And you know, my last football game that I played for the Rams, I won't forget it was the Cleveland Browns. We played in Cleveland, and I had a hurt thigh. I didn't want to play, but I played. I, I told him I didn't want to start, and so I said because my thigh hurt. I was so pissed at him. And so Charlie White got hurt. Won't forget he got hurt on a play, and I had to go in the game. I didn't know my helmet was. I had to find the camera. I'm just gonna find my helmet, <laughs> run on the field, run on the field, run on the field. And the first play, I think they called me in the backfield, and she, oh, the crowd went crazy. I think we threw a little short pass. The next play, I had a like a 50 yard touchdown run, and that was my last run for the Rams. I said, I said, I'm done with this crap. I said, man, I hate this team, and I loved them, man. I just. I love my teammates. I just couldn't stand the organization, man. Mm. It really, it was, it was really bad. But let's fast forward. So now I'm retired. I kept in touch with Jackie Slater a lot. So Jackie comes. Eric, he said, "Man, John Shaw wants to wants you to call him." I said, "Call him for what?" I said, "He messed over me, man." Right. He said, no. "I said no." I said, "I don't want nothing to do with him." He said, "Eric, he said he, he always liked." He said, "You stand up guy." I said, "Hey, we haven't called me." So sure enough, John called me. He called me and um, he asked me to have uh, lunch with him. So I went and had lunch with him, and I don't forget, the first thing he said is, Eric, I just want to say this to you. He says, that, that trade should have never happened. He said, that was my fault. He said, you're the, he said, you're the greatest player I've ever seen. He said, you should, he said that you would be a Ram to me for life. So if anything we can ever do for you, he said, you just call and let me know. And from that point on, you know, for me, I was, because I mean, I never went to leave the team. I really didn't, but, right. you know, it was just, it was, like I say, it was business, and it was ugly business, but, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I work for the team now. I'm glad to be back with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm glad to see my team win. I want to see my team win a Super Bowl yeah. here in LA. I think it was fantastic. I mean, and we still have a long way to go. We really do with the fans because, you know, let's be honest, it's a Raider town. And I said, it's a Raider town, it's Cowboy town. Niners, I hate the Niners. God, I can't stand up. Me too. Oh, I can't stand up. <laughs> I have to ask you this. Greatest defense you ever played against. You talked about people giving you compliments. You gonna tell you something. People, you gonna think it's the, you gonna think it's the, it's not the Chicago Bears. Okay. No, the great defense. Don't get me wrong, great defense. But the defense that gave me the most problems, the New England Patriots. Really? And they weren't even that good. Man, it's give me fits. I'm serious, <laughs> fits. I mean, well, I played. I always played well against the Bears. I mean, even when I got to Indianapolis, I played well against. Only one game that we didn't play well. We played that NFC Championship game. Yeah. We, we didn't have a quarterback. He threw for fifty yards. I think I ran for fifty yards. But that that was a great defense. But they ran that defense before, that that monster defense. We always ran against it. I had 140, 150. They were good, but the T defense that gave me the most hell was the New England Patriots, man. They would hit me where I seemed like I didn't have a pad or I mean, I'm like, and I would ask them, like, I say, man, why is it that the week before or two weeks before, y'all give up 200 yards rushing, 190? Right. Get to me, it's a tough. A hundred, it's a tough 90 yards. He said, it's called Dickerson week. He said, we got ready for you, Eric. Really? That's exactly what he said. He said, he said we called it Dickerson week. He said, we ready for you. I'm like, y'all sure were, man. Because when I tell you, oh, I hated, I hated playing them. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, you called your time with the Colts unfortunate. And you've sort of spoken to it that you didn't ever want to leave no. L.A. No, I didn't want to leave L.A. You know, Indianapolis was is, is what it is. I didn't want to go to Indy. I mean, the reason I went there was because of my head coach, Ron Meyer. And uh, I finally got paid right. You know, I right. should have got paid. I wish I could have got that here at home. I even took less money to stay in L.A. And look, I'm going to say this much here. There's some good people in Indianapolis. And there's some bad people in it. And that's everywhere. That's, that's all over the world. Right. But I ran across a lot of bad people. And some good people, too. Like, you know, my, my wife's from Indianapolis. You know, my, my, my in-laws, man, I love my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. They're good people. But, you know, being in Indy, uh, it was some things that I'd seen I'd never seen. Like, I'd never seen a, a Klan rally. I mean, I saw a Klan rally on TV. I mean, you that won't forget my uncle. He, I'm laying in bed on and Tuesday. was your off day. He said, what you doing? I said, laying in bed. He said, turn TV on. I said, what channel? He said, any channel. I turned it on. I'm like, what in the hell? He said, yeah, he said, I just want to let you know where you're at, Eric. He said, this is what it is like. It's over here. Big clan rally downtown Meridian. Big one. I ain't talking about like a couple of hundred people. I'm talking right. about a big clan rally. I never seen anything like that before. And then I think the thing that really put me over the top with, with that place was is that as a player, they hung a banner. Never forget, they hung a banner over the rail. A picture of a, a black baby sitting in, the, in like the Indian style position with 29, with fried chicken on one side. Stack of money, watermelons, eating fried chicken, hanging on the on the banner with my number on it. I won't forget this. My my a girl I was dating, she was at the game, and we best friend. We she's my best friend, and she's she she was crying after the game. I saw she she came up. She said Eric, she said that was so hurtful. She said that was so wrong, Eric. She said I can't believe really let that stay up there, and I never forgot that. And I just can't. I mean, it's you know certain things you can't get past. Just like when I heard when I when I heard my old coach's voice. Mm-hmm. When I think about that situation of how the team let that go on, right? You don't do that. I mean, you just there's certain things you don't do. I mean, and to me, 
that was disrespectful. I think it was, it was uncalled for. I mean, and that was just, and I'm like, I, I, just, I gotta get the hell out of here. I mean, I just, that's why I don't go back to Indianapolis. Like and when we promoting my book, they asked me about, we want to go to India. I said, no way. I said, I'm not going back there. I don't like going to that place. I mean, and you know, like I say, it's a good city for certain people, but for me, no, I'm not going back there. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at yeah. all. And like I say, and I'll say it again, good, there's some good people in India. I mean, every person's not like that. That's like saying, you know, every parent's a good parent. <laughs> That's not true. Right. <laughs> no, no, things would be decidedly different if that were true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, in 2017, you signed a one-day contract with the Rams so you could retire mm-hmm. as a member of the Rams. This is 18 years after you're inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. That's special. I, I, I wonder for you, with all of the players that you played with, that you became friends with, that you played for and against, what did the Hall of Fame mean for you? Well, I think for me, you know, I didn't even know what the Hall of Fame was until somebody, when, you, when I was when playing, growing, yeah. Yeah, so I had, Ricky Jackson was the one who told me what it was. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to go into that story. Um, you know, it, it, in a sense, solidifies your play as a player. You may think you're a good player or a great player, but when you have other people stamp you as, he was one of the best. Yeah, that's 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 what that's really what it does. I mean, and it's, it's politics in it. Let me just tell you that because I won't forget. It was a guy that told me it was a, it was a writer, and he's a sports writer. He's a writer for the for the hall, one of the um, voters. And he said, Eric, he said, I just want to tell you, he said you were going to be a unanimous choice. He said, but one guy wouldn't vote for you. I won't say who. I said, I'm big. He said he wouldn't vote because he said because one reason. And I asked him, I said, what's the reason? He said because he held out. He said, what they got to do with football? He said, I can't vote for a guy that held out. I'm like, mm-hmm. what they got to do with football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what <laughs> do they got to do with football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that's that's what it means for me, Brian. It really does. That's awesome. The new book, I mean, listen, there. I mean, there's truly so many stories that I've heard today that are incredible. There are even more in the book. Watch My Smoke, the Eric Dickerson story. Uh, came out a little bit earlier this year. Eric tells a story about his groundbreaking career and attempts to write to kind of redefine your career and how people talk about you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is especially back then, you know, we had no outlet. Right. We had no social media. Right. What the media wrote about us, people believed. Became fact, right? It was fact. And it, it was a lot of it wasn't true. I mean, they would make a guy that's truly an ass. Some guys, you know, he was, he was an asshole. Oh, and they, the media make him a great guy. He's not no great guy. We, <laughs> he, we hate him. He's hated. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's just how it was. Right. Back then, you know, and, and they vilified me because I just, I wanted to get paid right. That's all right. it was. And I wasn't, it wasn't like I was asking for $10 million. Right. That's why we paid what I thought was correct. Right. But, Man, that was that was you know back in them days. It was just a, it was a bad thing, and they made you pay for it, and the media made made me pay for it. But still, you know what? You know what I'm proud of. I'm really proud of that I did. I stood up. It was a lot of young players that came to me, and after you know they saw the thirty for thirty. They read my book, and they said, "Eric, man, I just want to say thank you, man." He said, "Thank you for standing up for us for the, for the running back position and the things you did." 
and I didn't, you know, you don't realize that what you're doing. I just did it because I know what was right. Not because you say you're greedy. I, I know it's, I know the difference between but difference between right and wrong. And, and it's it's wrong. And that's what I was doing it for. For other players. Because I kept I never told some of the players when I was the Rams, I said, man, if they keep me underpaid, they keep everybody underpaid. I right. said, I said it's just wrong the way they treat us. You're taking a pounding. Ooh, you don't even know. <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't. You and you don't want to know. Yeah. Um, how do you are you happy with the reception you've gotten? Oh, most definitely. Book? Oh, most definitely. I got yeah. to have with the reception I got for the book. Now it's funny how people call me a legend. I still can't get used to that. That's that's I'm just I'm just a football player. But just the I guess the things I've done in the league and the way I played and you know that my my like they talk about the Jerry curl and the, the glasses and yeah. the neck roll, you yeah. know, and the big pads. You know, it's it's just it's funny, you know. But I'll say, man, I'm I'm glad I played. I'm I'm glad I'm really glad I played the sport. I loved the sport when I played it. I mean, I really did love it. I mean, it was times where you, they make you hate it. They really do. Right. But man, all in all, I loved it. I mean, I really did. I when I first came in the league, man, I could it was a smell in the air when football season was coming. I yeah. just could Oh yes, football time. You just knew. I just loved everything about it. And um, you know, I have a little I have a little ten year old son. He plays flag football. He loves it. He loves it too. And he's he's gonna be fast, man. He's fast. Oh, oh God, he's so talented. And I'm not just I'm not saying he's gonna play sports. I'm a peddler like that right now. I'm not saying that he's really smart, but man, he is Brian, I'm telling you. I saw this when he was four years old. I'm not saying he's gonna be no top athlete. I'm just saying it, but I, I know what I saw. He did something. He was in the, you know, you know, he's like you run along the wall, like Bo Jackson did. He sure. ran on the wall and dove on his bed. Oh yeah, yeah. It's four. I'm like, I'm like, how'd you do that? He said, I don't know. I said, do it again. So he did it again. I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. So one day he was in the doorway. And he started climbing the doorway through, you know, climbed all to the top of the door. At four, I'm like, hey boy, you gonna get hurt? He said, no, I'm not. I said, no, I said, come down. I said, do it again. He did it again. Like, okay. So I just watched that people do it. I told my best friend, I said, I said, Drake, we went to college together. I said, I'm telling you, man, I said, I think this boy gonna be better than his dad. He said, Dick, man, don't say that's too that's too much pressure. I said, I said, you just watch. Watch him, just watch him for a while and you'll see stuff he can do. And sure enough, one day he's saying he said, Dick, man, you might be right. I said, You see it now? <laughs> he said, he said, Yes. I mean, right, right now he runs track. He runs track. He's uh, he's ten years old and he's got out of like two thousand kids, he's got the best time in a hundred. In California, in the, in the hundred, he, two, I think the two hundred, he's got like the third best time. He had the first best time, long jump, first best time, first time. I mean, he's just such a good athlete. You know, both of my kids, my daughter's the same way. But you know, as a boy, you know, playing sports, you hope. Do I want him to play football? Yes and no. But I tell him, I tell him this here. I say, son, I say, you like flag football? I say, would your dad play tackle? I say, it's a difference. They say, I understand. I said, but you really don't understand. I said, one day you will. I said, but I want to make sure you love it. I say, if you don't love it. I don't want you playing it. He right. said, okay. Because he, I said, football, you got to love it. You have to. Because he loves track he, and he loves football. But I said, you see, when you tackle, they start tackling, huh? tackling you. I want to make sure you love it. Now. I just want to make sure when they hit you. Yeah. But, wow. Well, I, I, I truly could talk to you. <laughs> we could talk forever. Forever. I, I do have to ask you this because it, it, it occurred to me when you just brought up again the, 30 for 30. How'd you feel about the 30 for 30? I thought they did a fantastic job on it. They really did. I mean, they didn't have enough time to really lay it all out, but they did a, they did a great job on it. Uh, Thaddeus did a good job directing it. Uh, whoever produced it did a great job. Because when they called me about it, they called me, and I never took the I wouldn't take his call. 
You kept calling him and talked about it, you know, the SMU and the death penalty. I'm like, oh. So Craig had called me. He said, God, keep calling me. I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know who he is. So I think June Jones had called me and said, Eric, the guy in his status. I know he's called you a couple of times. You had not called him back. I said, no. Nah. I said, what does he want? He said, he wants to talk about SMU and talk about what happened and how great y'all were, you know, and how wrong it was. I said, no problem. I'll talk about that. Right. <laughs> right. So. That's how I got him, and and I thought they I thought they did a fabulous job. I think I think what made me really realize it is when other people, like way younger than me, said, "Man, I didn't know y'all was like that. Yeah, I didn't know y'all were that good. Yeah, I said, "Oh man," I said, "We were dominant." Yeah, he said, "Man, y'all were good." I said, "Yeah," he said, "Man, I loved y'all's uniforms." I said, "Wasn't they sweet?" <laughs> uh, that's so sweet, and I'll yeah. tell you, I I actually have uh, SMU on my golf bag, and anytime you know. I, come across somebody I don't know or somebody, you know, I mentioned that I went to SMU at other times, everybody, I mean, to a person I've had never had anyone argued with me. They've said that 30 for 30 was the best one and maybe the best sports documentary of all time. Right. It, it is, it is just so well done and tell us a story. Well, look, you don't want to be called a legend, but you are. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you. I appreciate our time together. And I so appreciate uh, you talking to me again, watch my smoke, the Eric Dickerson story. You cannot tell me that you didn't fall in love with the stories that Eric told today. And I, I want you to go and, and pick up the book and read more. I am so happy for you. And thank you so much for talking to me. I thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good seeing you. We got to get to play golf, man. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, okay. brother. All right. No problem. Eric, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You're the best. And I am telling everyone I know to check out your book. Listeners, make sure to pick up a copy. I promise you will not be disappointed. And of course, listeners also catch us next week for another episode of Off The Beat. In the meantime, just follow us on Instagram, leave a review. We do look at them, I promise. And uh, I can't wait for next week with another entertainment guest on Off The Beat. And next Thursday as well, there will be another Off The Beat Sports. We'll see you soon. Off the Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Sammy Katz. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend, Creed Bratton, and the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients 
Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.